to episode 67 of the Minutes with the Mayor podcast. My name is Derek Montilla, occasionally known as your mayor of Reseda, California, and we are back, baby! That's right, we are here with another series of fun interviews lined up with some of the top up-and-coming talent in professional wrestling. Uh, This week, I'm excited about this week's guest because he is a fellow Boricua, he is an rising star in professional wrestling. You can see him in New Japan. You can see him on uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. And actually, just coming up, he will be making his debut for GCW this weekend in Silverado, California for their last resort pay-per-view that you can get on Fight TV. Uh, I will be in the house for that event. Uh, I just need to see professional wrestling live. I, I need to get out of my house really bad. So I will be traveling to California with my friend Megaran, and we will be checking out the Last Resort pay-per-view. It was supposed to take place in Slab City originally. Uh, I think I wanted to go to that show just because I felt like dying. I don't know. Uh, But now it's moved to a safer location in Silverado, California, and we will be in attendance to see this week's guest, Danny Limelight, do his thing in his GCW debut Uh, Limelight has been all over the place, but most recently he has uh, been gaining some popularity in a tag team that he has with another fellow Bodequa, Papo Esco, called the Bodega. Uh, The Bodega wrestles for championship wrestling from Hollywood, and, you know, basically what you can do at the Bodega is is you can get anything you want, including a beatdown. And I'm really excited Uh, on a personal level about this tag team. And I'm excited about the potential. These guys to seem to be a lot of fun. Their promos are great. They have a fun complimentary style to one another. And I I think they're going to go far. Uh, But without further ado, here is this week's meeting with Danny Limelight. How would you rate where you're at personally in your career? Do you feel like you've kind of exceeded your own expectations for where you'd be at? Um, honestly, like everything that I do, I, I do to be the best at. Um, that's just who I am. I'm driven. I'm passionate. You know, I was born and raised that way. The Marine Corps bred me that way. You know, nothing less than perfection. That's what my senior drone instructor, Stats on Eddie's used to say. He used to make a scream out loud, nothing less than perfection. And, um, you know, I, obviously when I started this, I, I envisioned myself being somewhere and, you know, being able to bring that to fruition has it, been a blessing, man. Just hard work. You know, there was, a t- there was times where I thought it was never going to take off. There was times where some of my buddies, you know, had passed, you know, some of my acquaintances, whatever you want to call them, passed me up. And I, I never been a hater. Like I, I never used to hate on them. I never used to be like, how come they did? How come they did? You know, like I right. always looked at them and was like, they're signed for a reason. I need to work hard. What am I not doing? That's not getting me there. You feel me? Yeah. And so this, this comeback that I did in 2018 and then 2019 rolling into what I called the year, the spider, you know, I was rocking and rolling. I was winning championships. I was traveling all over triple a debut, you know, impact debut in 2019. Um, I did a lot in 2019 and I was in a relationship where I put my relationship before my career and I felt like that kind of slowed me down. Yeah. Um, I, I, 
I would not have regretted it had my relationship worked out. But when it didn't, to me, it was like, damn, I, I, I learned my mistake that I would never let a relationship get in the way of my own success again. Now, that, that to me you know? is one of the hardest things I think about what you guys do. I think the yeah. travel, the life, the, the more successful that you become, the more, the, the more frequently you're on the road, the, the more you're away from home. Right. So I've, I've always felt like that was, uh, at least from the outside looking in, one of the most difficult things to balance. Having Absolutely. a relationship I mean, and having a successful career. And I, felt, I, I dealt with that in the Marine Corps, you know, like being in the Marines for 10 years, traveling all around the world, being stationed in Japan, going to Thailand, Malaysia, Cambodia, the Philippines, Australia, you know, all over the States and stuff like that. Like, it, 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 I was raised and brought up in my, my adult life to, to be on the move, on the go, ready whenever, you know, sure. one phone call, you pick up, you go, you know, and you know, that was 2019 for me. And then, you know, I, I ended 2019, I separated my shoulder in December of 2019. And I, you know, I didn't know, you know, the doctors told me, you know, six months or whatever. And and I ended up coming back one month after, you know, I, I was fortunate that I got hit by a car a week after the separation and they kind of set it back in and gave me range of motion. And I was super lucky. What? Wait, what? Yeah. Wait. It's the, it's the, those radioactive genes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I separated it in the match in San Diego. And okay. then a week after that, I was in a, I was driving. You know, I had my, my sling and stuff. Yeah. I didn't want to yeah. get a cast enough like that. I didn't want to do surgery. Um, and I got hit by a Suburban. And my daughter was in the car, too. And I got hit by a Suburban, and I banged the side of my, my, my driver door. And it kind of set me in, and it gave me range of motion. I started working out. And one month after the separation, I was back in the ring wrestling. Um, and then things kind of really picked up and started rocking and rolling. And fortunately, before I separated my shoulder, you know, I had got my New Japan tryout. And I just want to take a moment, you know, to thank David Marquez, who when everybody, you know, counted me out and didn't want to book me and kind of blacklisted me because of, of a promoter in San Diego, he brought me to championship wrestling from Hollywood. You know, I gave him all the credit to my career because he's the one that believed in me when I was a little green boy, you know, um, the only other person I give credit to is my daughter's mom because she actually paid for my first two classes of wrestling training, you know? That's um, amazing. Yeah. So she did that for me and that got me in and Marquez, you know, Mr. Marquez, I call him Theo Marquez, whatever. <laughs> he, 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 he brought me under his tutelage. He brought me to championship wrestling from Hollywood, taught me how to work TV. Um, I, I was, I was always charismatic. I felt like I was always able to cut a promo and that sure. kind of like shined in, in, in Hollywood. Um, and I met Rocky Romero there who, you know, was a dope dude, man. You know, yeah. Another Boricua in the house that, you know, saw something in me. We maintained some kind of friendship, acquaintanceship, whatever you want to call it. And then he gave, you know, gave me the call for the New Japan tryout. And I came out and I did my thing. And, you know, I was fortunate that I was able to team with Mysterioso to take on the Regal Twins. So shout out to all three of those gentlemen, that very talented dudes. And we had a good tryout match. And, and you know, when quarantine happened, when wrestling went to crap, everybody kind of thought it was going to be a rap. And I just used that as like my hyperbolic time chain, but it trained harder, work harder. You know, I, yeah. I, I wrote, produced and started five of my own short films. I wrote a film for my daughter. She started her own short film. Um, <laughs> I started hitting the gym hard. You know, I'm in the best shape of my life right now. Yeah. My body fat has dropped down pat under 12% body fat right now. And really, really just was grinding. And then, you know, got the call from New Japan. That they were going to kick things off. You know, they, every, you know, they did everything they could for COVID precautions and, and, and you know, I was able to make my debut and, and, and my first match was with TJ Perkins, you know, and then Hollywood kicked back off and then I was able to get back there and then we got the bodega running now with Papo Esco, shout out to Papo Esco. 
um, primetime live kicked off and I had that going for me. Another one of David Marquez's brilliant ideas, you know, being able to bring all this talent from all over to wrestle on pay-per-view every Tuesday. That's amazing. You know, not many people could say they could do that, let alone do it as consistently as Mr. Marquez has been doing. Yeah. You know, yeah. so now I'm on TV three times a week. You know, I'm there for primetime live Tuesdays. I'm, I'm on New Japan Strong Fridays and I'm on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood on the weekend. And, you know, it's 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 been blessings, man. And I've been I've been just grinding hard. And I I've always felt like I was underrated. I always felt like I was slept on. I wasn't one of the boys. So people, you know, didn't really want to look out for me like that. I feel like, and I'm not even capping. It's real talk. I felt like everything I did, every where I'm at right now, I did on my own. Besides, you know, Mr. Marquez giving me that that platform. Besides, New Japan giving me a platform now, and all those opportunities I earned. Nothing was handed to me. Yeah. Well, and I have a feeling that, that that military training kind of kicked in when you had that time. Uh, that discipline kind of came in handy for you to get into that best shape that you're talking about. Yeah, I absolutely. Right? You know, like, and I had got, you know, I just, I, you know, tomorrow, matter of fact, is my one year, is my, excuse me, my 11 year anniversary from when I joined the Marine Corps. And, you know, last week was my one year anniversary from when I exited the Marine Corps. And so wow. I. I, you know, the quarantine, you know, while a lot of people probably sat at home and did nothing or used it as an excuse, I grinded, sure. you know, I, sure. I, I talked to my, you know, Jim shut down my apartment, apartment manager. She hooked me up with all the weights that we had in our gym. I brought him upstairs to my apartment. Me and nice. my roommate PJ just been grinding. <laughs> nice. I knew him from the Marine Corps. He doesn't, he doesn't let me slack off. You know, he does all the mu- music for my, my movies that I shoot. He does like the sound engineering and stuff like that and the music production for that stuff. And I'm just surrounding myself with people that, want to succeed you know like yeah. they just want to grind and, and not be satisfied for mediocrity and and it's been rocking and rolling i've just been so blessed man how, how do you make that transition from the marine corps to to being a professional wrestler i mean obviously i get i get that there's a lot of similarities with athleticism and being in shape and like i said some of that discipline that it kind of takes for you to do a lot of the stuff you do uh, right. and, and you even brought up you know kind of being away from from people that i imagine all of that kind of helps out but how did you make that jump from the marine corps to to pro wrestling i mean honestly like i started wrestling in 2014 so while i was still in the marine corps you know i was a sergeant um i had a little bit of time started doing things on the weekends productive you know with the wrestling business and things kind of started rocking and rolling so when i when i exited the marine corps you know i was able to continue wrestling and, you know, it wasn't a hard transition. You know, I, I feel like if anything, it made me, the Marine Corps made me prepared for anything that life may throw at me. Yeah. Even when I'm auditioning for films and commercials and things like that, like having that military discipline, having that background, that experience, that life experience, you know, 10 years of it, you know, it, it's all I knew. It was my only job when I was, you know, it's the only job I ever had besides wrestling and, and acting now. Um, it, it set me up for success, man. It, you, you, the Marine Corps is the best branch in my opinion the military it's the america's finest fighting force and it sets everybody up for success that comes in there ready to work yeah now let me ask you this who did it for you uh because obviously i think every wrestler has that person that that inspired him so right so so who was it for you that that made oh. you be like i want to be this guy man every anybody that knows me or listens to podcasts i've been on already knows man my favorite wrestler my biggest inspiration is the rock oh yeah that's the, the guy, hardest right? worker, hardest worker in the room, yeah. you know, and, and there's times where I wake up in the middle of the night and I look on Instagram and he's up grinding, working, <laughs> yep. like, eating something. Yep. I'm like, yeah. if this man, you know, just became the first man on Instagram to have, I think, three, 200 million plus followers, yep. you know, he's the highest paid actor, never took an acting class, like, you know, one of the best wrestlers to ever lace up a pair of boots, you know, may not 
may not be the opinion for some people, but for me, he is. And, and that's that's the inspiration right there. Yeah. If he's he's working this hard and he's already made it. Like I can't slack, you know. He's, and he's an incredible inspiration. I, I couldn't I couldn't agree I, more. When I started wrestling, um, I hadn't watched wrestling in forever. So when I when I got into the business, I had just picked up watching it again to see what was going on right when Rollins turned on the shield. Oh yeah. That was, yeah, yeah. That was the first Monday night raw that I watched and I didn't know who the shield was, but <laughs> I, I knew that, you know, Rollins turned on them and I immediately became a Seth Rollins fan. Yeah. Yeah. So I started watching his stuff and I didn't know about new Japan, ring of honor, Indies or any of that until I started wrestling. All I knew as a kid was WWE and WCW. Sure. So I started digging to the history and learning about these people and stuff like that. And I seen all this stuff that he did as Tyler Black. So he was like one of my favorites to watch when I started wrestling. Yeah. Um, as a child, after The Rock left, I became a huge Eddie Guerrero fan. Huge oh, Eddie yeah. Guerrero fan. Yeah. Um, and and th- that, those are the three that did it for me. Yeah. See, and you're good. You're you know, it's funny you say that because you're a big promo guy. You're you're great in the ring, but I've I've noticed lately that some of the promos you've been cutting have been really really on point. And Thank you. Uh, I think that's a, a shared a shared thing between those guys, right? I yeah, think that yeah, they're all at, good storytellers. Exactly all those guys on the mic are amazing. And for me, it's like, you could be the best wrestler in the world, mm-hmm. but if you can't sell somebody to come watch you wrestle, then what good are you? Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not taking shots at anybody, but that's something I always pride on myself in is the ability to talk, the ability to cut a promo. Um, that's TV to me. Sure. All the top guys cut promos, you know? So yeah. it's like, that's something well, that it's a, it's a trait you should have. And I know, and I know WWE is trying to like, you know, have their own guys that they they create in house and all of that, right? But taking a step backwards to what you were talking about with uh, championship wrestling from Hollywood and David Marquez, uh, I think he's I think he's an underrated part of of this business, right? Because I think lately a lot of guys, a lot of people that have been pressing uh, on whatever brand, whether it's Impact, AEW, or WWE have have spent some time at championship wrestling from Hollywood and I'm noticing there's there's that connection more and more. Uh look at, look like, at AEW, Scorpio Sky. Yeah. Just that TV time, like you said, that ability right. to kind of transition, but not really have it be high stakes, not have it be in a situation where you're gonna get a lot of scrutiny from the public. Like someone who debuts on WWE and has never held a mic in their hand before, but then has to go out there and, you know, talk on TV, right? I think uh I think championship wrestling from Hollywood is a lot of fun to watch, but it's it's a big part of the process to 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 get you guys you know ready for those opportunities when if they you, do come up. One hundred percent. If you look at some of the people that Marquez has worked with, you know Adam Pierce, right? Scorpio Sky, right? Freaking you know Kathy Kelly was uh, when when she was when she was at NXT. Drew Gulak, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, and all yeah. he's like he's had some kind of hand in all of these guys' career. Yeah. Cesaro, another one. You know, Rocky Romero, he's been a part of Rocky's career. He's been around the business for so long, and he's so underrated. He don't get enough credit. And, 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 and honestly, he's a genius. And he sees – he can see potential. He can see something. Look at Chris Bay. Dude, Chris dude, Bay, dude, yeah, dude, absolutely. Dude came through FC, FSW, but he spent time in championship wrestling from Hollywood. And like three months in Impact, he became the X Division champion. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. like, it's a pattern. Marquez breeds success. I 100% believe it. And, you know, look at Ryan Taylor now at Ring of Honor. Look at Tyler Bateman. You know what I'm saying? All these guys ha- have have came through the Marquez system. And, and I believe that it's, it's only going to be more names coming out of this. Only more, only more names coming out of there. Right. See, my, my thought is, is 
you can get opportunities, but it's what you do with those opportunities, right? And if you're not ready for those opportunities when they come, then then you could drop the ball, and, and who knows if you're going to get another one, right? There's so many talented guys in this business, and it's hard for you to know for sure you're going to get another big opportunity like that. Uh, you brought up New Japan, and, you know, I'm kind of like you, right? Like, I grew up with WWE and WCW, so I kind of learned about New Japan later on uh, in my fandom as well. But how much did it mean to you to, like, be a part of that and, and have a chance to go over there and wrestle with what arguably are the best wrestlers in the world? It, it's – it was like uh, – <clears throat> I was in awe. You know, I, I was, like, really – like, I, I feel like I, I feel like I deserve to be there for sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. But it was still, like, wow, like, I'm here. Like, it was humbling, you know? Like, yeah. I felt privileged to be able to step into the ring have the lion in the center, you know, like, yeah. and, and then being able to mix it up with the young lions, like Clark Connors entering the tournament and going all the way to the finals, taking out guys like Barry Brown, Blake Christian wrestling, TJP guys done it all on my debut, you know, like stepping into the ring with Rocky Romero, you know, and, and there's so much more happening, so much more coming, you know, it's a weekly show. You know, and, and I'm a big part of it and I'm proud to be a big part of it. I'm, I'm grateful and, I, and it's not given to me. I have to work hard every time I'm out there to show that I belong. Yeah. And, and I feel like I've definitely been proving myself. But even to this day, when, when when I see, you know, a flyer come up with my name on it for New Japan Strong, I'm like, damn, like. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's I'm there, you know, that's especially legit. because like, you know, like I like there was people that said I never like the, I'll never wrestle again. They told me. You'll never wrestle anywhere in this. You'll never wrestle in this business. Blah blah blah. Like when people try cutting me off and blacklisting me, and, and that was my biggest motivation to to prove people wrong. And, and man, I feel good. Now, like you say that, but what? I mean, I, I don't want you to have to, you know, say things that you don't want to talk about or whatever. But like, what what does it feel like when you feel like you're in a position that it's not like an injury or something keeping you out, but like something that happened? career-wise, something that happened between you and another person starts costing you, you know, those opportunities that we're talking about starts costing you like those bookings and you're, you're not getting anybody returning those calls. Listen, good things happen to good people. My man, Fred Russell says it block the hate all the time, right? Yeah. Yep. Shout out to Fred Russell. I love that dude, man. Yeah, Happy to dude. see him on New Japan Strong. Happy to see him making his primetime live debut this week. Um, but it's just block the hate. Like I, I it used to get to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I was in the Marine Corps, I used to have haters because I was like, you know, Marine of the Quarters, color sergeant, carrying the colors, things like that, the guide on and stuff. I used to have haters all the time. And it used to bother me. I used to lose sleep over that shit. Did even you get did you get people hating on you because you were doing wrestling on the side? Like was that something that I did. like people... I did have I did have that issue right. in the military. Yeah. Right. And, and and it used to bother me, you know, and, and now I'm at the point in my life where can I curse on this? Okay. Hell yeah, you can. Shit, yeah. Thank you. If, <laughs> if you're not fucking me, feeding me, or paying my bills, your opinion don't count. Yeah. It's not going to bother me. You know, it's water under the bridge to me. So now when I got haters and people talking crazy, I just, I tone them out. And I let my work speak for itself. And I think that everybody can see clear as day that I'm, that I'm doing my thing right now. And, you know, I'm a good person. I'm professional. I, I spread love. I want to see everybody win. I had this conversation with TJ Perkins the other day. And TJ said it. He said I ain't got to take nothing off my plate for you to eat. And that's a fact. Yeah. Everybody eat. Everybody yeah. can eat. There's no need to hate on anybody. You just got to work. And that's what I've been doing is grinding. 
it's kind of wild to me. Like I, I kind of get the way professional wrestling was, but when I still hear certain things going on in professional wrestling, like nowadays, I'm, I'm just like, it's wild. Stuff gets around too fast. You can ruin reputation reputations too easily. Um, it's, it's, it's sucks, but it's also like, like you said, there's no reason not to work together. That's essentially what this business is. It's, it's about helping each other look good and it's about helping the promotions look good. And they, everybody wants to make everybody look good. You know what I mean? Like essentially that's what a lot of this is about. So, uh, yeah, I I don't get, I don't get that, but I, I know it happens and, and it, it comes off as ridiculous to me, but, um, you know. I, I also get how people can kind of get hey, out of control in this hey, business. John Cena, John Cena says it, rise above the hate. Yeah, right. That's all you can do, especially with Twitter and hey. shit. Like, you know, I saw somebody today talking about it, and I totally get how great of a tool Twitter can be, right? But it comes with consequences. It comes with this, like, Faustian deal side where you have to deal with the bad with the good. And, and the bad is is that all of these jackasses can comment on anything and say whatever they want to you openly. Uh, but the good is, is that, you know, like, like you, for instance, I've seen you all over the place on Twitter lately. You know what I mean? And I think that that's, that's a big thing is for me personally, I don't get a chance to watch a lot of independent wrestling. I don't get to watch like IWTV or fight. Um, I catch shows every now and again, I go out to shows, uh, like this weekend, we got the GCW show in Silverado last resort. I'm going to make it out to that because I need to get the fuck out of my house and I need to go see professional wrestling live. But uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like the, I, I think Twitter is valuable for being able to see guys you've never seen before. And, and for that first impression to kind of go a long way, it makes that big difference for someone to even see a clip of you doing a move or like for you, for instance, I saw a lot of the stuff from new Japan that they were tweeting out about, about that tournament. So like, again, that's, that's that, that's that good side of it, you know, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. There's a lot of having to block, block out the hate, you know? Uh, but it, yeah. it is great for that. And it's also great because people are given a ton of love to the bodega, uh, which is the tag team with you and big Papo Esco. And man, I'll tell you, I, I love what you guys are doing. Obviously, uh, being Boricua, I love everything that you guys represent. <laughs> um, but I love the fact that, uh, I don't know, that I think it, it's one of those situations where speaking as a fan, it seems like it just made all the sense in the world. Like the two of you getting together, uh, you guys complement each other really well. You guys like, I mean, even on your promos and everything, you complement each other well, but your styles and everything, everything just seemed to click. Uh, is that what it felt like when you guys made that decision or when you, when you kind of came together? Well, you know, what's crazy was that like, I didn't, I didn't want to go back into a tag team. Sure. I, w- I wanted to I wanted to stay singles because I, I felt like I was doing great as a singles competitor, but it made sense. I remember when, when, when Mr. Marquez brought me to Hollywood, he didn't bring me as a singles wrestler. He brought me to team with Seville, a.k.a. Gino Rivera, and we became those Primos Rivera. And I made my debut on TV as a tag team, and the chemistry was like that. Yeah. And we clicked right away. We was rocking and rolling, but... I was new to TV. I was new to wrestling. I was like 10 months in the business only, you know, like, so things didn't, didn't go exactly the way I wanted it to go. But with this one, it clicked almost the same. And, and, and just everything about the, the, the Michaels and Diesel factor of it, you know, just yeah. like me oh, yeah. being able to beat me, him being able to be that big bodega bully. Like it made perfect sense. I and, think I love and, that. And like that, what you're saying, like, 
it's great. That's that's the exact it, thing I love about tag teams when it's when it's two people like you know that, what I'm like saying, a, and it's a big not, guy and somebody that's different. You, you're not gonna see nothing like that anywhere. Yeah, it's not happening nowhere. It's not happening nowhere right now. And the best thing about being Puerto Rican. And the best thing about the bodega is everybody knows somebody, so you never know who's gonna pop up in the bodega. Right, that's right, that's right. And that's now, like I say, I, I I love this about it. I love you know, <laughs> like because I've had to explain this to my friends who who don't know you know Puerto Rican people, and they ask about like the pride of our island, and I like I can't describe it, but it's just to me the greatest thing ever. I'm like. You know, I know, I know maybe it has to do with our size. Maybe it has to do with the fact that we're like always fighting this weird thing of being associated with the United States, but not being a state. But like, well, I the fact we got the baddest women in the game and the best food. Yes. See, you said it. I didn't need to say it. That's it. That's it. You know, I, man, I'll just tell you, it's, it's always amazing to see like Puerto Rican wrestlers and how they represent. And it, it warms my heart so much, but like you guys have this different level to it, right? Like you guys like are like my cousins. Immediately seeing you on screen, um, I have to ask, what's your what's your favorite thing to get in a bodega? Bacon and cheese. Yes. On a roll. Yes. With salt and pepper. That's the only answer. Or chopped cheese. Uh, but yes, that's that's it, man. Yeah. Um, oh, you go to the you know the bodegas. They got the cuchi, the cuchi frito. With uh-huh. the, little, the little abuelita on the side cooking up the, the Spanish food. They got those. That's popping. You know, yeah. I, I love getting these in the bodega. Shout out to Arizona, Arizona Ice Tea. tea. All I drink all yes. day. Yes. See. Uh, what else? I used to go to the bodega all the time to get a handball for a dollar. We used to go to the handball course and smack it back and forth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's amazing. That's 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 that was my childhood. I used to grow up. My grandpa used to sit out front with the bodega drinking a beer. You know, with all his little homies from the bodega, and, and my pops, you know, on the south second of having my used to used to push some things in front of the bodega. You feel me? So it's yeah. like I grew up, you know, what I'm saying in and out of the bodegas, uh-huh. and, and, and I used to go there for two dollars and fifty cents, get a get a hero sandwich of ham, cheese, lettuce, a little bit of mayonnaise, and a coffee. Going to school with a coffee, fucking ten years old with a big ass hero sandwich. <laughs> That was the bodega for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, no, I'm there with the bodega bully, the King Fat Boy Papo Esco. You know, I still got my cousin Gino. You never know where he's at, when he's going to pop up, if he's going to pop up. You know, and and like I said, Puerto Ricans, we big. We know people that know people that know more people. So with this bodega, just just know it's open for business. And business is popping right now. So you never know what's going to happen. That's right. You can get a beat down. That's what you can yeah, get. Yeah, you can get anything you need from the bodega, including <laughs> a beatdown. I love it. Hey, man, so uh, you talked about United Wrestling. Where can people catch that? United Wrestling Network. Listen, Primetime Live, exclusively on pay-per-view. Check out the Fight TV. Primetime Live is an episodic pay-per-view every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Cali time. You never know who's going to show up. You know what I'm saying? We got the affiliation with the NWA, so you never know who's going to pop up from there. Matches, dream matches are happening. People want to see. Look, at tomorrow, I'm there. I'm there tomorrow, or I don't know when this is airing, but this week, this week's episode, I'm there rematching Clark Connors. A rematch from the finals. New Japan Young Lions coming to Primetime Live. Fred Rosser, Chris That's Masters. Dope. Last week, we had Dirty Dickinson. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We had, we had the Pope last week, Zicky Dice. The first episode, we had the NWA World's Champion, Nick Aldis, taking on Mike Bennett. You got Thunder Rosa popping up here and there. 
Oh, I love never Thunder know Rosa. who's going to show up to primetime live. You got to tune in every Tuesday on pay-per-view. Yeah, man. Same See, thing I, with wrestling from Hollywood. I love, I love all the wrestling options there are out there. I hear a lot of people bagging on WWE, and sometimes it's completely justified, right? But the thing that's not justified is not seeking out other options. And, I mean, Fight TV, Fight is bringing it with the content when it comes to professional wrestling. It's great yeah. to have that available. Uh, it's on demand whenever you want it, whatever promotions you want, whether you want, you know, uh, what, whatever, uh, United wrestling. I know that the recent, um, collective shows were all available on there. So it's, it's yep. been a fun time and for this wrestling. Saturday's GCW's last resort show is going to be available on fight TV as well. Yep. That's right. That's right. I'm going to be there. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there making my debut with GCW, papi. Dude, how does that feel? I mean, seriously, like... It was good. You, you, I've been knocking on the door for a while, and yeah. then this time they came and knocked on my door, so now we're making it happen. That's nice. That's nice. And I'll tell you, man, GCW is a really fun like organization like to watch. I think that they deliver... The one thing I like about wrestling shows, which is a variety, right? Like, you don't... You might not like uh, the deathmatch stuff, but you don't have to stick around for it long because there's going to be other matches that are going to be regular wrestling. You're going to have some comedy stuff. You get all of it. You know, I, I, I've been enjoying what they've been putting out there. Yeah, a few of my boys, you know what I'm saying, from New Japan, that was on New Japan Strongest Day. You got Blake Christian, Alex Zane. You know, you got Dirty Dickinson's there, GCW. Those guys are the future, the man. Primetime Live original right there. Yeah, though, you, you guys. You never, you never know, man. Like, this Saturday, I don't know who I'm wrestling yet. But whoever it is, I can guarantee it's going to be a certified banger, no cap. So everybody just better tune in to GCW this week and to see the Puerto Rican Poppy's debut. You feel me? Yes. Where can everybody find you on Twitter? Listen, everybody, listen, listen, listen. You could catch me on Twitter and Instagram at Danny Limelight. You could catch me on TikTok at Danny Limelight. ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Danny Limelight. I'm not hard to find. I'm down to do any podcast. So if you're listening and you got your own little show you want to run, hit my DMs. We can do it. Um, Primetime Live this week, this Friday, New Japan Strong. Make sure you go subscribe to NewJapanWorld.com. Catch me every Friday on New Japan Strong. And then this Saturday, GCW. And there's bigger things coming that I can't say right now, but just know that I'm not stopping. I'm not done. I'm hungry. This and the bodega the is open. Just the beginning, man. I love it. Well, you, he gave you all the places to catch him. Make sure to catch my man, Danny Limelight. Uh, at any of those places. And yeah, we're going to be out there for Last Resort in Silverado as well. So uh, definitely check that show out on on Fight. Uh, and uh, yeah, follow us all on Twitter. We're going to have a good good time. Can't wait to get out of the house and see some wrestling. Can't see to wait, wait to see this guy kick some ass in GCW. My man, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me, bro. All right, man. Appreciate it. Well, that's all we got this week. Thank you guys so much for checking out episode 67. Big thanks to my guest this week, Danny Limelight. Uh, if you need to get me on Twitter, you can get me at cap underscore caveman with a K. But of course, all roads lead to at the steel cage. Uh, send us an email to podcast at thesteelcage.com or check out our shop at thesteelcageshop.com. Our shirts, of course, are the king of soft style, except for that one, that, that one, you know that one. But again, thank you guys so much for checking out episode 67. And on behalf of Danny Limelight, Papo Esco, the entire bodega, uh, bacon, egg, and cheese, and myself, this week's meeting is adjourned. Mm-hmm.